Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot round! I don't. What is hot round? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Billy Bob! This is it! The man who got us here. You ready? You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide-open tailback. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Are you gonna get me the oh, ball? Oh, I'm getting the ball! Get me the ball! I hope he didn't kill somebody. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. I got a whole lot of money. Yell it for me. Bottle keep popping that water bath. This is 11 personnel, and folks, let me start by saying two things. One, we can't do any more Monday episodes like it. Too much stuff happens on Monday and Tuesday. We got to wait till Wednesday. No, it creates a long wait time before the next podcast. Well, and just a lot of stuff seems to happen on Wednesdays. Two, uh, nine o'clock basketball games can go to hell in a handbasket, and to make sure I brought enough juice, I tried some different juice. Have you ever had what they call espresso? No, 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 excuse me. Espresso. <laughs> you had a little too much espresso. I've never had it before. This is my first time. I've had like a shot of it before. See, that's what I got a shot. Yeah. Just like take a shot. I drank too much coffee today, but it was like, you know what? I could use a little extra sauce. Let's do this thing. So, boom. I'm, I might be a little like, I might get a little excited today. I might be all over the place, but the good thing is, we got plenty to talk about. Yes, we do. A lot has happened. Yeah, um, we got Vince Mero, we got Mike Stoops, we got uh, Terry Touchdown Dad Strength. We got Spring Game announcement. Oh, we got uh, S P Plus rankings. We got S P SP Plus FPI. You all interviewing blue chippers. Oh yeah, just the whole nine yards. Um, so let's let's work our way backwards, shall we? Let's go with the most recent news. Kind of go back. We'll keep things, I guess, kind of pressing. Um, but first things first. Spring games on a Saturday at noon. It's mm-hmm. a nooner. Not a fan. I hate it Not so fan. much, especially because it's Easter weekend and it's Keeneland Saturday. Oh God, yeah. Who, it's gonna be a beautiful Master Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, just absolutely awful in all accounts. And it's also not even on the regular SEC networks. I don't know. I'm wondering who they put on that Friday night. Maybe it's like Leach or Kiffin. Yeah. Someone they could sell more. Yeah. But, hell, I'd I'd rather do SEC Network Plus on a Friday night than go Saturday. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird, don't it's a like weird it. time. I wonder if they will maybe wanted to do it that way. Maybe it's easier to get kids on campus being a Saturday rather than a Friday yeah. night. That's a good point, too. Like, where you can – and you can spend – you know, time before and after the game right. with them. It can be more of a kind of recruiting visit than uh, uh, whatever it was previously. Because, I mean, just think, how long is the trip from Cleveland to Kentucky to Lexington? Probably five, six hours? Yeah, I'd say right around five hours. Yeah, you aren't going to be able to get – if you get out of school at three, you're not getting to the spring game right. on Friday. So, in that case, it makes sense. Yeah, so for kids within, I guess, the five-hour radius – of Lexington can get there on Saturday and stay and then get home that night without really stretching it too yeah, much. Yeah, and you could probably, uh, you know, John Summerall, he's doing work kind of more in the south where it's, like I said, that six-hour range. So, um, okay, so selfishly, don't like it um, because for all the reasons above, Keen on Saturday, Master Saturday, just a lot happening mm-hmm. um, for a nooner. And, and I thought it would be a spring game that they – we're probably going to get a pretty good crowd, especially if it was a Friday night thing again. Yeah. Because they've got a lot of momentum right now. Right. Oh, and well, and especially just from grabbing headlines. Mm-hmm. Like, a, I mean, football is burning and turning right now, while the basketball team is 
climb into the top of the SEC basketball standings. Just like, look at us. Yeah. We're a top 10 team in football. Yeah, football's taking up a lot of oxygen this offseason, for know. sure. Yeah. So it's uh, kind of disappointing that we're, they're not going to get the, the full glow up, uh, if you will. I think that's also Bluegrass Steak Saturday, too. That sounds right. Yeah. I know it's one of those Saturdays. Here, well, I, I, know, I know he does. Well, ask right. a horse racing yeah. expert. Yeah, well, ask a horse racing is, is Bluegrass Steaks April 11th? 12th. Or 12th? Is it the second Saturday of Keeneland or is it the first? They move it up. Second Saturday. Second Saturday. So it's Bluegrass Steaks Day. Yeah. So, like, Keeneland's going to be packed, packed right during the middle of spring ball. I, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like the spring game move. But they even moved up spring practices to earlier than I thought. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, he still can't pick any winners, though, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> he just keeps picking losers. We were both – We were to be fair, we both had the horse in the last race. They got caught – in the last furlong, it was brutal. We're building momentum. Yeah, up till Derby Day. Yeah, we're just we're picking, we're getting momentum, and it's we're saving all the good like, hits. Like a big day. locomotive, just gotta get some steam built Damn. up. If I would have had to hit that last rip, horse was eight to one. Man, that would have been a big eighty dollar pickup, and my I would have been top ten in my Derby League. Like it now, oh. there like eighteenth, and, and now we have Roush's officially Derby fantasy. Oh, it's update. Oh, it's, update. It's it's Derby season, folks. It is Derby season, but. Um, to go back to football, because, like I said, I'm bouncing all over the place. I remember the last time they had, like, when they, when they moved this stuff around, because I saw the, uh, they're going to have actually two weeks of practice for spring break. It used to be just one, and they would get the kind of boring practices where you got to go helmets. Right. First, they, they would get those out of the way, because, folks, you don't do anything in those days. It's boring, it's annoying, and really it's only work. Like It's basically glorified conditioning with Real, coaches. Well, for those days, the biggest thing is teaching the young guys or new guys how, how they practice. practice. Yeah, exactly. You're going through all the drills. There's uh, 11, 12 of them, which, hell, we had it. I, I can't even get to all those interviews we did. We interviewed 12 of them, and mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't even get to them. I mean, technically 10 because Drew Phillips and McLean were sick, and I didn't, I didn't get to our boy uh, Maitland. I spent too much time. I didn't see anybody about, get to him. I don't think. <laughs> I spent too much time talking to uh, Sam and Nelly. So that was which, a long convo. Yeah, but you know, the last thing I want to say about the he likes game, to talk, don't he? Oh, he does. But I remember the last time they had spring game, and it was Easter weekend, and it wasn't a good turnout. It was like the first kind of down turnout for spring game, mm-hmm. and it was for a lot of people. Um, and even the road dogs, uh, my road dogs, uh, uh, DJ, Sturdy Dan, there's a lot of dudes out there who they go to every game, but they were planning on that Friday because they, they were going on a weekend trip because it's Easter. People travel. They're going to go see family. Um, if, you know, I, I wasn't lugging a newborn around, we'd be going up to Ohio probably um, see the family. So I know a lot of people do things that weekend, and this is just going to fall down the pecking order, and it kind of stinks. It does. Um, but, you know. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah, Sam and Nelly. That guy was fun to talk to. A lot of fun. So a Nigerian hooper. I didn't realize, too, that he only moved over here three years ago. I knew it was pretty recent, but, like, essentially he came over, played one thing of football, and they were like, oh, God, this guy's got to play football. Um, And the way he tells it, too, it's really funny. He was like, it's a romantic story. It was love at first sight, <laughs> <laughs> which I just I love too. That even though he was pretty low key throughout the entire recruiting process, he's great. He a great talker. Uh, really enjoyed hearing from him. And along him and Khalil Branham, the way that they both you're like uh, the easy soft toss story, like it, and all of these for as long as I've been doing this. What's the biggest change in your life, you know? Oh, yeah. Because. Derek Jackson, I got to write more papers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you get some fun answers because here's the thing. We did the same thing in college where all of a sudden it's like, oh, gosh, like I can do whatever the hell I want. And you, you just life changes. It changes for everybody once you go to college, especially if you're still supposed to be in high school. Mm-hmm. So hearing those kids typically just be like, oh, man, this is crazy. For their sake, they were like. No, this was we, – we've been kind of preparing for this. And in Cleo Branham's case, he's like, it's kind of nice. I got all this free time now. Yeah, to me, those two guys in general, they're just different kind of kids. Yeah. Like, Anelli, obviously, because of the background he comes from, comes from, moves to the States to really play, I guess, play one sport and then transfers to another sport pretty much. Yep. And then kind of blows up. 
um, down there in Deerfield Beach and then moves high school for whatever reason. I don't know if sure we found out that reason or not. But it becomes like this blue chip prospect. And then Khalil Branham is just this, by all accounts, just nose to the grindstone, uh, all business kind of kind of player and kind of kid. I mean, of course, we've seen it with his Twitter. Yeah. You know, all these workout videos he puts up, and everything's about you know working hard and all that stuff. So they're you know they're two different kids. So those two guys in general, that that's the kind of guys you think you're going to get in the spring. Right. Guys that want to roll early, want to get a head start, and really want to get down and get their hands dirty and start working. And I think for both of those guys, that's kind of what we heard from them, is that they're ready to get started, ready to buckle it up and go play some football. Well, in Quill Branham's case, not only was he like, hey, this is kind of nice having all this free time, but he also was – it was almost like he, he just had new luxuries now. One of them was, hey, I don't have to, like, go outside and set up all this live stuff to catch passes. Like, I just walk out yeah. of it and it's there. You mm-hmm. know? Like he said he had to use the jugs machine, like he had a jugs machine in his backyard because he didn't have a player on his team that could really throw the ball to him. Yeah, or and if he wants to use the jugs machine now, he doesn't have to like, like – he would like hide behind a tree. Remember those where he's like coming from outside of a tree or he'd hang a sheet up yeah. to try to like make it more difficult or interesting? He's got all that stuff just out there waiting for him to use it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, he also – which. I, I felt genuinely bad for him, Lockett, when I asked him, what's it like to work with these quarterbacks? And he's like, well, I really didn't have a quarterback in high school. Right. <laughs> it's like, dude, you poor guy. Like, it was just. He played quarterback. Yeah. And he also even mentioned, too, he was like, well, it's kind of cool knowing, like, if they can, if we're in a pinch, they, they, they're willing to play win, maybe they'll play me. <laughs> right. And another thing in the interview, Bo Allen kind of comes off as this soft-spoken kind of kid. But I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be able to command a huddle or command a room with the. He's got a deeper voice than I thought he had. Did yeah, he he just he's slowly he's like a normal kid who's taking time getting used to speaking in front of camera. Right, he's, he's a lot better than what he was. Yeah. when yeah. I first saw him, I think he went on like Hey Kentucky once, and it was like, is this kid got the right the gusto, the bravado? But right, really, he was just adjusting to speaking. Yeah, I mean, he has. Some, I think he has some of that leadership it factor that. You obviously wanted a quarterback, and that, I think that came off just in that inter- in the interview I saw y'all had with him. Joey Gatewood, he's already programmed. Uh, Auburn got a hold of him. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, it's he, he's he, been through media training before. Yeah, and he went through an Auburn quarterback competition against a legacy recruit, so he knows like how to not step on toes or say anything. Uh, you know, he stays politically correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, the one I thought was kind of cool too, uh, when Derek Jackson was like the kind of gratitude he had and just being able to be there early, that was kind of neat to see and neat to hear. Right. Just from a, like, kind of like a, Hey mom, I made it. And with the Eric Jackson and Joel Williams, two things I took away is the way they talk matches their film. (laughs) Joel Williams talks with the swagger and bravado and that I'm the best guy in the room. And then when you watch him on film, he plays with swagger. He plays with bravado. He plays with I'm the best guy on the field. (laughs) De'Aaron Jackson's, uh, you know, like humble, soft-spoken. But when you ask him about it, he's like, you know, pretty much I like hitting people. When you turn on the – turn on the film Man. he's not talking smack but he's going around he's knocking people's blocks off so for that for that that's one thing that really i think they're who they are in front of the camera match what i see when they have pads on too in the limited amount i've seen them dear jackson that is the thickest georgia accent oh yeah it's, oh, i love man. it it is i grew up in the pines whooping, oh yeah whooping ass and taking names mm-hmm. oh man it's awesome then admitted you know he was a big georgia fan growing up yeah, and he, he wasn't, like, talking trash, mm-hmm. but he was like... You could tell. I want to play him. Yeah, you could tell. Ox is an ox, which the, I think the most startling re- revelation is that his parents named the brothers Xavius and Octavius, which are straight-up Marvel bad guys. You know, you got Doc Ock and then uh, Do- Dr. Xavier. You know, like, just... No, excuse me, Dr. Xavius. They have that kind of thing going for him. Um, but I think it's pretty, not telling, but how he, what he does this spring, you know, everybody obviously is going to have their eyes on Justin Rogers, but dude, if you're, if you beat him there, 
Like, it's going to make Rodgers work if he wants to be the freshman that gets playing time. And then we heard when Ox signed just, like, how much people cared for him at his high school. Mm-hmm. From coaches to teammates to students teachers, to teachers. Yeah. At his announcement, the whole school was there. So he's kind of got this big personality, it seems like, and he's the guy that people love to follow. So when you look at stuff like that, that's a guy you think could have potentially grow into a leader on the football mm-hmm. team. And, and, wouldn't be, wouldn't be a bad thing if some of his old teammates followed him to Kentucky. That's true. Yes, for sure. So Lavelle Wright, most notably. Yes, and which leads us to a conversation had with Jagger Burton yesterday. Freddie and I hung out with him for about forty-five minutes. If you haven't listened to that that conversation yet on the KSR Football Podcast feed, obviously go check it out. But you know, Jagger said he. Jagger, it's Jagger, Lavelle Wright, uh, Dekel Crowdis, all those guys um, from in the state. They've they've taken multiple visits together to Kentucky, uh, and Jagger said, you know, he talks to those guys pretty regular, especially John Young and uh, Bo Allen, who are roommates. And whenever he goes to campus, that's typically who he hangs out with. Which, if you, John Young. Pretty pretty good recruiter, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think he's got a track. He's a good record. talker. Yeah. Um and oh, he's a very good talker. Like he's gonna steal our jobs, um, th- like without a doubt. Uh, but John Young also one of those guys who big time talent at his spot can play multiple positions and can pretty much you know talk to a wall if you wanted to Jagger's the same way real open it was fun interviewing the kid too because like I mean if we're being honest like a lot of these guys when they're like we said with Bo you're 17 years old and you're just getting bombarded with media stuff it's a little intimidating right but Jagger you know he just rolls the punches and he's kind of like you know this is cool like going to watch games at did y'all do it at the bar in the studio we did it in the office office yeah Uh, pregame show is about ready to start I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but um, yeah, and he's just a I don't wanna, I don't know a regular dude, but the part that really dated me was when he said that he grew up watching Randall Cobb. It's like, oh, so like when I was getting ready to go to college, <laughs> or when I was in college, I was a freshman that South Carolina game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ooh, a you're old, Nick, and then B, I think from B from. Just being the guy in the room, my understanding is that his parent, like he's got a good group of folks around him who are making sure that he makes the best decision for himself and that this is a decision not just with his heart and his gut, but also with his brain that will maximize his talents and make him a millionaire in the NFL one day. And I think that's a good thing to have. And he kind of let it be known like, hey, he wasn't out there saying, I love Kentucky and everything about Kentucky. But, you know, he grew up cheering for UK. John Sharman was the guy who convinced him to be on offensive line. And when Kentucky was the first school to offer him, you know, he kind of teared up. And he Drake Jackson's teaching him how to snap, he said. Yeah, like, there's a – they've developed a f- kind of family atmosphere with Jagger that that's, that's going to be tough to beat. It just is. And that's – one thing I took away from the interview, and me myself being 30 years old, I went to high school with kids that were like this. Because of their damn uniforms, these kids grew up liking Oregon. <laughs> and so, and then they go there, like he talked about, and the facility is just remarkable, all this Nike money. And we're starting to see them do this now with Cristobal. They're doing this national recruiting, but they're really focusing on the South. And they have a really strong recruiting pool, but it's – because of those damn uniforms. <laughs> I mean, they've had them for, you know, like you said, he talked about the frost the uniforms they have, like the gray and the white. Mm-hmm. And then you brought up, you know, the old school duck with the old school. Yeah. I um, mean, like the ones they wore, I believe, against uh, Florida State in the semi in the college football playoff a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, and so Chip Kelly was there, what? Oh. We'll look at like. I was going to say, because. 09 that- to 12, I want to say. And that was Mariota, correct? So that would have been when he was 10 years old? It was Mariota's second year was when they went to the playoff with Helfrich. Or uh, Mariota's senior year. when Because Mariota played two years for Chip. Okay. 
he was there oh nine twelve like I said. So, yeah, I mean, 2010, he's a seven, eight-year-old kid, right? Watching the Rose Bowl. I just think like, it. Ooh. But this is not just his. I think because me, I'm 13 years older, and it's it's still. I just think that's crazy, crazy. that it's still yeah. happening. Yeah, I mean, and also like, yeah, looking at like uh, facility tours on YouTube. That's right. the thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's I know. crazy. I know it is. That is absolutely crazy. Um, but that is a, go listen to that interview is interesting. But yeah, if you want, if you listen to that interview, and if you want to pick uh, the spots where you think Kentucky sounds good, it's, you can find them in there for sure. Yeah, and Kentucky's going to have a strong pull, but they're going up against the best of the best in this recruitment. Oh yeah, yeah. You look at Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Oregon. In Oregon. So. Yeah. And then there's who was the fifth? That's it. Kentucky's Kentucky, Kentucky, okay, yeah, my bad. So yeah, I think Penn State was the top seven, but you know, you kind of. I I don't think they're probably going to get an official visit, which probably knocks them out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, it's just I I think it would also be weird the how the calendars changed just since Walker Parks was getting recruited, his teammate, you know, and his friend who they came to. Cause they left from other schools and went to Douglas for its first. Well, year. and Kentucky gets to sell. But their offensive line just did last year too. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to get a guy drafted. They have the they have a first team All SEC center coming back. They should have a first team preseason All SEC right tackle. Left tackle should be second, second or third, or third team. Yeah. The right or the regard Luke Fortner's a senior. He's got. A, I think he's got a chance to get drafted. Fred, Freddie brought it up. Is it, so we're going to have to get four new offensive linemen in twenty twenty one. I mean, because it'll be Drake and Lane and her seniors. Canard's probably going to go with pros yeah. if everything goes if yeah, I'm a, things right, go according to program. Right now what you're looking at is you can hope, you know, you've had Nasir Watkins essentially be kind of your seventh starter the last few years. Yeah. So he should be a seamless step in. And then after that, though, you know, you've got to think John Young's going to be in the mix. Yeah. Jagger Burden's going to have a chance yeah, to play if, if he big snaps as a true freshman, yeah. especially saying he's going to enroll early. But yeah, I mean they're going to be really big time retooling in twenty twenty one. So enjoy twenty twenty. Yeah, right now. Yeah, because as much as you know, you can dream big with skills players and right. Joey Gatewood. You know, you got to rebuild the big blue wall. And that's why I've said with John Young to watch out for him because they're going to need him in twenty one. So they might just throw him in the fire this year to see what they can get, and then finding that other guard spot is big because they need that guy going into 21 to be a really big part mm-hmm. of their offensive line. I brought Joey Gatewood. Big, big development yesterday afternoon. That completely took me off guard, Adam. Like, like I I had seen the statements from Big Ten, uh, Big Ten Commissioner's Office and the ACC office. Yeah, ACC came out this week. And said, you know, we're in support of a rule that will be, you know, one-time – uh, kind of training. Deal. Jim Harbaugh even came out. He was the first one, I think, that said that, thought that they could do it. But pretty much is that a, one time, uh, no matter the year, college kid can pick up and say, I'm transferring, can go from school A to school B and play immediately at school B without having any restrictions on him. Well, when they said that, I was like, okay, well, they're for it, but, I mean, it's going to take 10 years for the NCAA to do anything. I mean – Maybe 24 hours after the ACC statement, they they have their own press release saying we're for it, and it could happen this fall. April is what they're shooting for. It's looking like that's crazy, mm-hmm. and I mean that's just crazy for them to be moving that fast. But I think there's a lot of like, okay, like we can't say that we're for the student athlete when coaches jump around willy nilly all the time. We can't let players do the same because. I think the thing that gets overlooked the most out of all of the coaches moving around isn't the head coaches. It's your assistants because in football, you're working with your assistant coaches more than you're working with Mark Stoops. It's just like your day-to-day, you're close with that guy. And if that guy leaves, he's probably the guy that recruited you. Like how your overall college experience, that can dramatically change. Mm-hmm. Some of the stories, uh, I-, I won't say who it was, but one of the guys that played for Nuclear, Rick Menner, and he was talking about the changes to defensive end and linebacker and all this kind of stuff. Like, they almost quit football. Glad he stuck it out because had a pretty good year for Mark Stoops, a year or two maybe, I forget how many. But it was one of those, like, when you got all these moving pieces and 
coaches are against each other and they're separating. It can dramatically, like, it can make you hate football. Or it can make you hate your sport from women's college basketball to gymnastics to God knows what. So I think for the player's sake, it's a good thing. Now, we had Vince Marrow on my radio show this morning. We got the tail end of the Vince Marrow uh, radio interview cycle. Yeah. But it worked out because we got to Hey, talk. Y'all, got, y'all got in the door. That's all that counts. Hey, and you know what? We got in the door and got to ask him this question, which I think is – it was good because we got to hear unfiltered Vince at first before, you know, he, he prefaced it with first things first. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be for the players. He did the cow thing, like for players rights. It's like, but it's free agency thing. He used the free agency term and that's what all of the old heads love to call it is free agency because they don't want other schools sliding into DMs or hitting people up when a player X, really highly talented guy, goes to one school, he doesn't play right away and he's unhappy. They don't want another team sliding in and be like, hey, see, look, we could, we could use this wide receiver right now. And for them to just lose that guy right away. That's what they're fearful of. Um, now, Vince also went on to say, like, you know, this isn't going to be a type of deal where. Alabama and Georgia are just going to come in and raid our roster. You know, we've got guys who are willing to play in bowl games instead of go make a million dollars in the combine. Like, so I think there's a little bit of there's going to be overreaction to it. Yes, obvious overreaction. Bottom line, I think the NCAA is doing this. Yes, they're worried about the coaches thing and they're getting hammered for that in the media. But I think it's just another distraction from paying the players. It's another thing for the players. Give them more liberty to do something. Ooh, like give them idea. more flexibility. And for them, I think they're hoping it buys them some breathing room, really, for people being down their neck about paying the players. And second of all, we have this already with the tra- with the transfer portal. The transfer portal, in my opinion, has been good for the sport. Number one is because we have quarterbacks that we would never seen in the other era. Joe Burrow. We see them come <laughs> and play for good and for bad. Yeah. So I think it's good for the sport, and I think it's good for these players to be able to transfer and not have to sit out. That's in, it's, At this point, that's kind of an archaic rule. Yeah. Like, why do we have that? And you see in basketball right now, how how much did everybody freak out about Kerry Blackshear Jr.? Lost their minds. And he's having a good year, but he's just yeah, – he's, he's probably going to be second team all SEC. Yeah. So in basketball, there's eight to ten – Grad transfers that really make a difference. In football, we've seen Justin Fields and Joe Burrow come in and make a huge, huge splash. But uh, Tathan Martell. But are we sure? Yeah, are we sure? That's what I'm getting at. Are yeah. we sure that's that is that going to happen every year, or is it going to like this year when you look at the crop? I don't see that coming per se. Yeah, I mean, you're getting Georgia's kind of getting a lifeline with right. a kid from Wake Forest, but it, I mean, a kid don't scare me a bit. So for me, I think it's a little overreaction by everybody. I think more times than not, I think the kids are going to be smart enough to stay. If they do leave, that they need to know that if they enter that portal or whatever, they could, you know, what happens if no one's there for them? What's the rule going to be? Can they go back? So there's going to be some, I think, some risk involved oh. on that player side too. This is something that I think I've alluded to on here, but um, – you know, Stanley Gardner entered the portal. I just found out he's at Hampton now with DeAndre Francis. Is that where he landed? Yeah, that's where he ended up landing. So, Trey Wilkins, he's out there trying to sell himself on Twitter. Recruitment open. But, like, how many people want to recruit somebody from the transfer portal versus just a high school football recruit? Like, it's it's a completely different right. kind of game. And then you also got to look at some of the – I mean, Ken Jared Daniel, Sagan King, they never played football again. Mm-hmm. So – now that could have been both. They could have just been like, "All right, screw it, I'm done." Yeah, you know, I don't feel like I graduated. One. But I, I think that for Kentucky, how they've been able to climb up as of late, I think it's uh, to a point where you can get some of those guys that you, you can get your boss man fats, the guy that uh, highly ranked kid who it's a no, well, it's another way to build your roster, and it's it's going to be a void there for for coaches to take advantage of. Some are going to do it better than others of constructing the roster, especially at places like a Kentucky or a Mississippi State or a Washington State, mm-hmm. teams that ha- are, are never going to be in their conference 
top-notch recruiters. They have to be creative in how they attract talent to their program. Exactly. And so I think, in general, Kentucky will benefit from it. Now, I will say, when when Lynn Bowden was doing his subtweeting and all that stuff, Uh and I know – I, I don't know if it was after his freshman year, but, you know, he, they had to have those meetings with Stoops and Merrill, and they convinced him, listen, staying here is in your best interest. We're looking out for you. We know it's best for you. Just be patient. Things are going to work out. They did. Will there be a time when this rule is too alluring for some? Here's who it's going to hurt. Like Mark Stoops' first year where it's the, the studs have been stripped bare. There's not many players on there. Bud Dupree's on there. They go 2-10. and 10. Yeah. Like if he wanted to go to somewhere where he could have played, Rutgers. If they have a guy in Chiano's first year who's catches sixty-seven balls for nine hundred yards, yeah, has one year left, and's like, let me go try my luck somewhere else. You know, uh, or some G, lower level G fives who maybe have good players or coaching changes happen. Or that's who it's going to hurt. Or you're a guy by the name of Scott Turd. And you think you're a good coach, but you really stink because you're in Nebraska. Oh. But think about like Wondell Robinson. He if he goes or or Rondale Moore. So let's let's both of those situations. If Jeff would have so let's say Jeff Brom goes from Purdue to Louisville, I, actually made that move, and this transfer will, was applicable. He could have just taken everybody with him. It would have stripped Purdue bare, but. You aren't screwing over the players. You're getting able to keep your guys, and everybody's happy. And well, let's say on the flip side, uh, next year Nebraska still stinks, okay? And Wandell's like, I came here to be the do-it-all guy. I am the do-it-all guy, but we suck. We're still only winning five games a year. Maybe this Scott Frost thing isn't working out. He can go somewhere else, and it doesn't knock him off of that NFL trajectory. I mean, here's the thing. These coaches are getting paid four or five million dollars. Mm-hmm. They're creating more problems for the coaches. NCAA is, but they don't want to hear the coaches complain about it because you're getting paid five million dollars. You know, yeah, you yeah, fix exactly. the problem. Yeah, <laughs> you can figure it out, even if it means that you're having to take a ten million dollar buyout. Uh huh. Which, oh no, you're going to make ten million dollars to do nothing. So, um, I think, like, it's happening now. So like just some are some are getting waivers. And some I don't are. think it's going to be that much more of a difference. Yeah, they're just all not going to get. They're all going to get waivers now. I bet some of it too is then see be like I'm tired of dealing with this waiver shit. <laughs> yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean. Like trying to. Well, there's no consistency at all. Yes, there's yeah, there's no consistency. There's no <laughs> right or wrong. It's just it's like a will of destiny almost. Yeah, yeah. So all in all, but it means. Happen. But for you, Kentucky side, it could mean like they're going to have a quality. Sorry, I mean Sawyer Smith, but they're going to have a quality. You know, backup quarterback situation with Gatewood and and Smith together. Man. Back it up, a guy who's coming off a major injury. Yeah, which would be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of huge, uh, in Kentucky's quarterback, his girlfriend's going to have a huge belly here for too long. Yeah. Bringing dad strength to Kroger oh, Field. Oh, man, so much dad strength. I freaking love it. Um, first it was Josh Allen, then it was Lynn Bowden. Now it's Terry Wilson. Uh, announced that he's expecting August 30th, a week before kickoff. I don't know how he's going to be able to sleep through it all. He gets to be in training camp while his wife, wife is in that third trimester. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. Oh, man, I don't know either. But uh, she actually she came with him to UK. Yeah. She, she was on his official visit with him. Right. So I think they, they're like high school boyfriend, girlfriend or something. That's or, sweet. I think. I mean, I think they've, I been, they've been together forever, but it's pretty sweet. Bringing the dad strength to Kroger Field. And uh, I love to Vince was like, he said, yeah, Terry told me he's having a kid. It's like, you having a kid or is your girlfriend having a kid? <laughs> it's just like, God, that is such a dad joke. And, and you know what? I'm going to – I'll be picking those up soon. I'll be able to tell them to Terry. Um, but I'm just – I'm, I'm excited. Happy for him. Happy we got some dad you, you and Terry can roster. trade war stories at a media uh, player events this season. I used to relate to players because we shared class together. Now it's we're, we're dads together. <laughs> That's how we can relate to one. And more. the world turns. <laughs> um, okay, two other big stories. Mike Stoops, we got a football scoop report that 
Kentucky is close to hiring Mike Stoops. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's football scoop. Putting out stuff that's already been out. Yeah. He said it was waiting to for university board approval because of the university's nepotism clause or something like that. Uh, which is probably true, which might be true. Yeah, and but after talking to some folks, it's the same thing that we've had out there for a month or two, um, from my understanding. They're kind of like, hey, Mike Soups could be the guy, but, you know. Well, they're obviously taking their time for some reason. I guess we might figure that out later. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, too, is like, it's kind of Mark is in a good spot because he can kind of keep his options open and always fall back on adding a guy who is a head coach at a power five for six years. Yeah. So like, it's really, he's in a good spot. It's just a matter of timing and I'm not really sure what that reason is. So who knows? We might get Mike Stoops. I mean, you, you spring practice start what, March 3rd. You probably want that to happen. That's in two weeks. I will say on Tuesday, Charlie Strong was officially added as an analyst at Alabama that could be to replace Mike, Mike Stoops. Stoops. Yeah. Who was that last year? Mike Stoops liked to tweet him out another day, so we're on to something. Yeah. <laughs> on to something. So good uh, watchdog journalism we're doing over yeah, here. Just just checking social media. Um but you know, we we've talked about it before. I you know, it's I think it's not a bad move and uh like I don't know what you can get wrong out of it other than just there would be blowback for some fans. Or, you see those offense, those defenses at Oklahoma, and it's like, well, did you see him the first time around too when they win a national yeah. championship? So, like I said, he's just going to be coaching, uh, position coach, and it's his brother's defense. When he had his brother's defense as a head coach was when he had his most success. So Exactly. Hopefully that stays in that same kind of lane. Yeah, that, that would certainly be nice. But the biggest story – that happened during our break. It was a story that consumed everything, and that's Vince Marrow in Michigan State. Bum, bum. Yep. This time last week, we didn't know what was going on. We were getting all kinds of reports. Marrow went quiet. Mm-hmm. We had t- Michigan State come back with a counter offer. I mean, it was pretty wild. and Which has been leaked out. It was right around $1.2 million. So... When the Mel Tucker thing first happened, we were talking, just texting, and it was like, well, Ohio's about to crank up, and, man, it happened fast. It did. Like lightning speed. Like a little too fast. Yeah, yeah, a little too fast. Um, so let, let's just put fun with numbers. Shall we like it? Mm-hmm. Okay. When I say zero, what do you think? Broke. I meant like with this job. I'm trying to tie numbers <laughs> to this whole story. Okay. So, or we'll we'll start simple. We'll start over. All right. Rewind. When I say four, what do you say? More. Years. Four uh, years. Uh, from okay. Mich- you see where I'm going here? Okay. Four years is reportedly what Michigan State offered Vince okay. Marrow. And have you ever heard of an assistant coach getting a four-year contract? No, three years is usually the max. Did I've he heard even Aaron Aranda? Did he even have? I don't think so. I mean, I think every state's kind of different. A lot of I know some states will only let you offer like two to three years. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, four years is a lot. Like that's that's unheard of. Now they are tied in. They're so indebted or invested uh-huh. into Tucker that maybe they're giving them a little more. But four years, that was like a what? okay, weird, right? Uh huh. Okay, what about one point two? One point two million. Yeah, that's a lot for a guy that's not calling plays. It's a lot. Cause I mean that would be record breaking, and if that would have happened, that would have been a huge story. Like oh, like uh, I mean like sports bigger sports. than college football story. Like <laughs> like I think some national people would have picked up to that that this guy who's not a head coach, who's not you know a offense coordinator, defense coordinator. He's making a million dollars a year. Yeah. But that's – that would have been huge. Yeah. So, kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go back to the number zero. Is zero a number? Is it, is it like an absence of a number? I'm not a philosophizer. Sure. But. Zero is nothing. I think it's a number that represents 
Nothing. So it's the absence of matter. The absence of something. Of. <laughs> uh, so zero. What do, what do you th- what do you think when I say zero in this search? There were zero people from Michigan reporting on it, at least to my knowledge. Oh you, yes, that is correct. Absolutely not. They're, now they had stories, but they were all like, according to Matt Jones of Kentucky Sports Radio, blah blah blah. So that was weird. Very weird. Especially, we're not used to this like it. Uh, I mean, you follow everything a little bit more in depth, especially when it comes to SEC and stuff. But in the well, just only time out, we went through this. With Eddie, la- yeah. Well, no, with Matt House. Okay. Where the Chiefs wanted him, Kentucky wanted him, and there was this back and forth. We had there was a Chiefs reporter breaking stuff, and then there was Kentucky reporter breaking stuff. Yeah. So they, so I mean that does it happens for both sides, but for whatever reason in this one there was it was all coming from yeah. Eddie Graham was Kentucky the other one people. where you had stuff from Dog Nation who was like yeah, they met with him. Now we're gonna say it wasn't to be offensive coordinator, but there you know there's what that's just an SEC move. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah. <laughs> but th- we at least had gotten a little taste of like okay there's some there's stuff you can expect from the other side. We didn't get any of it from Michigan State. Um, and then finally, did you, did you look at the details in the contract that was released Monday? I skimmed over them. Did you see when it was signed? Yes. On Wednesday, was it? (laughs) I think it was Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) So we were waiting around until Valentine's day night at like 6 PM and it'd been signed the day before. Got to build up the hype. (laughs) I did notice that. Yes. So a, I hope everybody learned some lessons in this. And what to kind of keep your eyes out for, uh, and and what to be confident because I think, for the most, I mean, I, I don't know too many people that were legitimately concerned, but I think part of why you build that up is to send a message to people like that I spoke to yesterday and Jagger Burton and like, hey, being home is important. Turning down money to be at home that that means something. I think there there's a reason behind all of this, and I think it's to send a certain message, and. You know, the timing of having the Big Ten killer story out there, mm-hmm. like that sends a message to all of Ohio to have that story out there. And then to do it to your fans too, the message you're sending on the day that season ticket sales are open for the general public. I'm here to stay. And you know what? It worked for TJ's brother. Johnny Walker goes out and buys season tickets that afternoon. There you go. I'm sure he wasn't the only one. So – it was a little bit I, – I think we did maybe do a little bit more dancing than most expected or have experienced well, anything like this. But I, I think there was at least a method to all the madness. I think there was certainly uh, – he felt he was underpaid and he wanted to get it paid mm-hmm. kind of thing. And he brought up Youngstown State and then Michigan State. I don't think that was just, you know, spur of the moment kind of, oh, I think he wanted to get paid and he saw, you know, in business – there's only going to be certain times where you actually do have leverage. Yeah. And I think he realized that he that with this, he had leverage and he wanted to use it. Especially playing the friend card. Yeah. Like, hey, Mark was my buddy and well, I was working Merrill for Merrill is friends with everybody. <laughs> so, like, yeah, he can yeah. use that card for 10 trillion people. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I did I, – I forgot who – it was – you know, he's done – so many interviews, but when he said, like, you know, I, I left my buddy Bo to go coach a mark, I was like, it's true, you can sell that, but also, like, you he were went on, he went, yeah, he went on staff. <laughs> for Bellini, you know, a little bit different. Um, but that was, it was a little crazy, um, but at the end of the day, he gets his raise, he's now, and, and now at this point, Everybody's gotten a raise on the staff this year except for Sharman and Michael Smith, who, if I recall, either Sharman's in the last year of his three-year deal. I think he's in the last year of his three-year deal in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Smith got a raise last year to go through 21. Mm-hmm. But other than that, everybody and else Stewart, got And of course, on a brand new, new deal. Big raise for him from App State. Mm-hmm. I wonder what he was making there. 50? No, probably a little more than that. I will say, did you see Mark Rick's picture? 
Hot Dog Delight. <laughs> have you watched the video of? I, ha- I have not seen. A you need to watch of the him. video to understand what's on there. So I all right. Here's my Mark, Mark Richt. Do y'all remember him? He was a good coach at Georgia. Went to Miami, grew a goatee, became a bad boy. Got out of coaching. Had a heart attack six months ago, and now he's bragging about his birthday dinner, Hot Dog Delight, which is, from what I could tell, it looked like. Two hot dog buns with hot dogs in them, covered in baked beans and Melted cheese. cheese. Oh, milk too? Melted cheese. Melted cheese, yes. And then there was ketchup as well. What he says is you take two pieces of bread, you put them you know, just in the toaster. You toast both sides. Oh, okay. You put them down. You put your hot dog. Give you you cook your crunch. hot dog, whatever. You put two hot dogs on each piece of bread. You cover both the hot dog and the bread with cheese. You put them, I guess, in the broiler or whatever. You melt them. Okay. You melt your cheese, then you take. Now you take your baked or your baked beans. Uh-huh. Or you, he says I use Van Camp's, but it could be whatever beans you want. <laughs> he says now you hammer them with baked beans. <laughs> so you cover them all with baked beans, and then he says you take the ketchup and you hammer it with ketchup. <laughs> and there you go, hot dog delight. Oh, and this is from a man who just had a heart attack, like, and then went to work for the ACC Network like the next day. You might say, well, why would he do that? Well, really, if nothing else, Hot Dog Delight is the perfect explanation for, like, it is the perfect personification of college football coaching. Because, A, they're stressed out of their minds. They just want good comfort food. It's a taxing job. But also, it's a job that, that's the kind of food that people eat when they're making zero money being GAs, grinding it out at 24 years old. Yeah. It's the kind of stuff, like John Gruden. John Gruden used to be, he would eat cornflakes and tuna. That was his, like, meal of choice because he's broke as hell and is high in protein. Same thing in this hot dog delight case. So now they grow up and they make a bunch of money, but they can't shed that, I'm going to work my ass off, stress my, you know, I'm making a million dollars. But you know what? Hot dog delight, nothing hits the spot better than that. It is definitely a concoction. (laughs) I don't know how I came up with it, but. I don't really have anything like that other than I did warn recently like the benefits of adding hot sauce to ramen noodles. I don't even do the little – because my wife, she likes to beef ramen. Beef can get the hell out of here. Chicken ramen's where it's at. Have you all had the uh, – I'll put hot sauce on it and just leave it plain. They have like a jalapeno flavored ramen. Fake jalapeno. It's not jalapeno. It's a – Or is it sriracha? No, it's it's like a chili flavoring I guess. Huh. It's pretty good. I, I could we give like it, that. I could give it chili. I I like the uh, buying diced jalapenos now, like in the jar, yes. and sprinkling that a little on my salad, or you know, just add some flavor. Yeah, just yeah, just set up a little bit. Apparently, like well, I mean, you you've hit the thirty threshold, right? Yes. Is the the indigestion, the heartburns that can you see still eat jalapenos? I can, but I do get it more than I used to. It sucks. I started getting sympathy heartburn. My wife gets it, so take it times lately. Gonna have to bring some to Indy. Yeah. So what? 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 What do you actually? I might. We'll probably save that for some combine content. Because I. Well, what, are we gonna go to St. Elmo's? You bet your sweet ass we're going to St. Elmo's. Have you been there before? I, I first time I went was last combine. I was like, you know, when in Rome. Yeah, exactly. You got to. Um and I remember it well because it was a snow game in the AAF, and they were playing oh, out yeah? in Salt Lake City. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> and that was when McGinnis, McGinnis said he ran into Lamar Thomas out there coaching for the other team. Oh, yeah, that's he was, right. I forgot he was gone. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so w- w- what what parts are you looking forward to now? This will be your entry survey, and then we'll have an exit survey when we take the podcast up there next week. I just want to see how the media handles being locked up in a room. And not being able to – because they really only have the interviews, right? Yes. And you see it, like, people freak out on Twitter that they can't see anything. Yes, and – Just to see how it's set up. I want to see how it's set up. It's Because it's a big-ass convention center. And yeah. you move around a lot. And they've got TVs of the action going on pretty much everywhere. Um, and there's some strange-looking characters there. Oh, I guarantee it. Because you get the blend of, you know, NFL guys and then some college people. Yeah. And then local – but then also like your NFL draft Knicks. You know? Oh, those are those are the most interesting. And what I 
What I found most amazing is that last year, how people cover the NFL draft, like there was there was one kid at the draft who couldn't have been 24, 25 years old, who was doing, like he had a little comrade set up in the media room and was doing play-by-play of the NFL draft. Like just his own broadcast of it on radio. I don't know where it oh, was. Wow. And it's like, Wait, you went all the way here just to talk about what you're watching on ESPN? Because he was just in the media room. He wasn't even at the thing. Just like there were people last year in one of the kind of lobby areas where they had like a computer set up. And like it was just no, a laptop. Is this at the draft or the combat? This is at the combat. They had a laptop set up and they were FaceTiming and recording while on the laptop they also had all of the action happening so they could look at it. And talk about it just amongst each other. And you know what? people? The I internet's guess, a crazy place, man. I guess people were watching, yeah. you know? and it, It's it's wild. Um, and that goes to say that you all should follow us because we will not be boring. We will not be bad. I think we're going to get a hold of the KSR Instagram account, which Uh-oh. if you aren't following yet, we've, we've been juicing it up lately. Uh, Maggie Davis, Tyler Tom, a lot, a lot of different content coming at you. Hopefully we are stripped of, from our, of our privileges after one oh, one weekend. Yeah, that would be bad. A couple days. That would be bad. May, ooh, maybe have, have you been to St. Elmo's before? I have not. Okay, so we're going to try the cocktail sauce, get some live reaction. Oh, it, it lit my ass up one time too. Did it? You get too much, man. It just. I've heard good things, man. I mean, it's I've good. good things. But it's not your traditional hot. It's horseradish hot. Yeah, okay. And that just it gets off in that nasal cavity and whoo. <laughs> give you the give you the, the shivers. Need, need some of those cold, tall domestics to to wash it down. Oh, a few of those. We uh we touched on like a dozen things. I feel like we're missing something. Just now that Kentucky has marrow, this recruiting battle with Michigan State, like what's going to happen? Like Kentucky's won the first battle, but both these guys, Mel Tucker and Mark Stoops, both have Nick Saban recruiting philosophies, where their whole program, everything centers around. Recruiting. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be out. You're going to see what we've seen Kentucky do is really get early and offer a bunch of kids where like 80% of them aren't end up going to be a takes, but they try to get in front of everybody. And I think you're going to kind of see that same process from Mel Tucker. He said in a Q&A after his press conference that it's important. They have to get into Detroit. They have to own that area. Mm-hmm. And they he has connections in Ohio, and they're going to recruit Ohio really, really hard. Yeah. So – Michigan State has gotten players from Ohio here recently, but Kentucky has beat them out for higher-ranked prospects when you look at the blue chips and some more high three stars. So, I mean, they're going to be coming at Kentucky a little bit. And does he go after – you know, they've gone after Vince Merrill. Does he make a move for Steve Klinkscale? Because that would seem to make sense for what he wants to do. Yeah, and – I mean, Klink's going on a U.K. rate. Like, he's going on the U.K. Sports Network show tonight to talk. So, yeah, you wouldn't think so. Right. And it also was – it felt like if they – like, if they were going to get – felt like if the Merrill thing was going to happen, they were going to go after Klink, too. Like, they were hoping to make it, like, a package deal of sorts. Okay. Um, so, you know, we'll see. I, uh, I, I like how Mel Tucker, too. We're not going to keep anybody from staff. And then Roz – Oh, this Trestle kid's pretty good. We'll keep him. On. Yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> it was a weird, like, we're not going to keep anybody. I, I leaked his name out uh, that night when I saw that was happening because I was like, this could kind of make sense for Kentucky. Yeah. And then later in the night, they like at 11 p.m. on Saturday, they announced they're coming back. It's still weird. We've only heard Mike's. So we haven't heard any other names for that 10th coach. I know. It's weird. And then um, just Kentucky has really, last three years, had the upper hand there. Oh yeah. Well, so, so this like, class, how does that change with Tucker? Ricky Hyatt was one in particular. That's guy. That's a guy in this class for sure. That Michigan State would have been on, like, I mean, they were on him, like, white on rice, and maybe two or three years ago they get him. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, so that's one. I know. I don't know how hot and heavy they were in on Bowden. Um, I know Penn State was up there with him too. I think there was a lot with Lynn of uh, people were – when they mentioned it in the athletic story, they were worried he kind of had like a shady background. Yeah. So that's why I think it came down to like Kentucky and Indiana. And Ooh. Before I forget, how many bench press reps does Lynn get? He looks wiry. He's got long arms. Yeah. 
Did you see what is it? One eighty-five or two twenty-five? It's two twenty-five, isn't it? Bench uh, press. Yeah, two twenty-five. Like the weakest guys will get like what three or four. Uh, yeah, they're DBs. Wide receivers typically get more. I'd say nine, ten, eleven. If I had, I would say ten. See, so the the reason why I ask is because Lynn is f- raising money for charity with his bench press. Where you? Oh can, yeah. Which is, I think it's really cool. I'm, su- I'm surprised we don't see more of this at the combine because it's like, hey, if you just pledge a dollar a rep, you know, you're given. 10, 12, whatever, however much money to charity. And this one's going to a um, – this one is going to a charity that's all about promoting fatherhood and building families and communities, which I think is a, a great idea. And if you want to get in on that, it's in his Twitter bio. We wrote about it on KSR. I'll be tweeting about it before the draft too just to make sure. He just wanted to raise 2500 bucks, and that's not much for, to, you know, to give to charity. That's I feel like that's not a crazy goal, but – I'm just excited. To, I hope I hope he gets 12. He projected himself at 12. I'd like to see that. That's a good number. Good yeah. solid number for a slot receiver. Yeah, and those, those one dudes uh, from PFF think that he'd be uh, more of a running back. I saw that. I thought that was like I thought that was interesting, kind of along the lines of the guy that played at Memphis and was at the Cowboys this year. Uh, it's Tony Pollard. Yeah, yeah. And there's another guy. Um <sighs> He's a gadget player like I've talked about where you're going to have to move him around and use yeah. him in a bunch of different spots. I'm trying to think of – because it was like that with the 49. Was it Breda who was more of their, like, let's get him out in space kind of guy? Um, I, you know, I get all these dudes. But, I mean, the most recent one for me, really, because I would pay closer attention to them a little bit more because Randall Cobb was there and because my wild mouth. Yeah, the Packers did that with, a Cobb, with, with Cobb. Well, with Ty Montgomery. Uh, yeah, that was, too. He was wearing, what, number 88, uh-huh. playing running back? Mm-hmm. So – it makes sense. He runs between the tackles. Well, that running back position in the NFL, man. Yeah, it's, it's becoming it's a such a grinder. such a anybody how, can play it. How crazy was the stat after the Super Bowl? It showed the salaries of the last ten leading rushers in the Super Bowl. Did you see this, Adam? I don't. I didn't see it. I could imagine it's probably not good. Oh, this is horrible. Yeah, Damian Williams was like the third or fourth on the list. I think he was third on the list at $200,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah, paying a running back is almost like a death wish now and if you're an NFL franchise. the number one person on there was Percy Harvin, who was a receiver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, man, well, I mean, this you is not think the Patriots won a lot of those Super Bowls, and they just yeah, throw yeah. any whoever up in there. Rex Burkhead. <laughs> yeah, Burkhead was the one that came to mind. Man, your poor Bengals, too, like it. Is Joe Burrow going to leave him? I, 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 don't, I think that's all kind of a – You think it's February, NFL yeah. storylines? Stretching it out. Yeah. Man, Teddy, I, I, I'm just going through all these th- things that are popping up. We will see it's Burrow. We'll see Burrow down there, there, though. Yeah, he's going to be way cooler than freaking Kyler Murray last year. That guy. Shove that old dweeb in a locker. <laughs> Go play baseball, buddy. Joe Burrow, though, he's a badass. You know who else is a loser? Scott Frost. I know. You, you just can't stand Scott Frost. Nebraska, man. they're back again. Just look at ESPN's FBI. They're back. I did see that. Yeah. You know what my biggest takeaway from this S&P Plus was, though? I know we can get into, like, who we think is overhyped, obviously. But Kentucky's going to play four of the top seven projected defenses next year in 2020. Georgia's number one. Let's see here. Georgia's number one. Let me find it. Pull up the old internets. I know they had at least four of the top 11. Florida's number six. Auburn's number three. Jesus. And Tennessee checks in at seven. They that's four of the top seven. That's yes. crazy. I think it was four of the top eleven overall, correct? Georgia, Florida, or four of the top seventeen, maybe. Because I know Auburn was eleventh overall. Yeah, I mean, if you can count Tennessee, they're nineteenth in S and P. So that's one, two, three, four. Yeah, four of the top nineteen on their schedule. Yeah, that's that's tough. I think my big takeaway was the computers are finally given some respect to Kentucky because yeah well what they have the on these projections is they have like a weighted five year average yes and that so Kentucky when you look at their five years it's starting to kick that in. and the recruiting 
they take yeah. the last two classes. So mm-hmm. like, it it goes back Re- to the returning whole, production, way to five year average recruiting. And there's another thing they throw in the pot. I can't remember. But that just shows you that's the whole kind of mantra they had last year. This isn't just a one year team flash mm-hmm. in the pan. This is a program, uh, and I think the computer rankings uh, certainly reflect that. Um, but the ESPN FPI graphic, because at least Bill Connolly is breaking it down a little bit for us. And yeah, that's why, like, you get to it. see some offensive and defensive projections. FPI just gave us graphics. Biggest jumps, and, of course, Tennessee was, like, 17th. All these teams that finished outside of the right. top 25. Tennessee came in at 19th in FPI. The one big one, both of them, North Carolina. I mean, they're high in North Carolina. I was surprised. Now, I know Sam Howell's coming back, and I guess they, they're just returning everybody, I would assume. But that just seemed a little high. Yeah, because it's North taste. Carolina football. And then I look at their schedule, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> what about this? <laughs> Which is, they're, they're not taking into account the schedule, obviously. Right, right, right. Um, they're just like, hey, this is how good this team should be moving forward. Right. Um, but Louisville, if you're having them in your preseason top 25s, what the computer's saying is saying, to me, you shouldn't have them in your preseason top no, 25. I know we've seen some of that to this point. In, I know in FPI, they were one two spots behind. It was The the pecking order was Kentucky, South Carolina, Louisville, Louisville 33, Indiana. 34, 35, yeah. or Purdue, 36. Or Purdue, excuse me, yeah. But I think that's about how things generally are. Yeah, for the most um, part. To this point, so... You know, fall fall for the Mikhail Cunningham, J.B. on Hawkins, Tutu Atwell. Just fall for it as much mm-hmm. as you can. Hook on sinker. Know the ACC's bad, but you know. And another interesting number: race. your guy Drinkowitz, his offense is projected a hundred and eighth. Yeah, they had a bad rating. And, and Vanderbilt is way down. Were, oh my goodness! They are in the same company as Kent State and Eastern yeah, Michigan. Just and a little SP bit above Plus. them. And Eastern Michigan's going to be one of the worst teams in college football next year. Yeah, they should be pretty bad. I mean, even Freddie. Freddie's one of those guys. He doesn't. He he will find ways to say nice things about teams. The first time he looked at Kent team State, this year, Kent State's gonna be plucky, though. But Eastern but, Michigan yeah. lost everything. They don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, nothing. They lost a lot of their receivers. Their defense was awful last year. They're gonna be even worse next year, and it's just man, that game. Terry might not have much sleep because that baby, but he's on over under seven touchdowns. And I might take the over. Just stay healthy. Seriously. Back with a vengeance. Man, this espresso is starting to wear off like it. You're about to hit the wall. Oh, man. I'm going to hit it hard. It's it's dangerous. We're getting dangerous. Arkansas is way down here, too, man. I'm just kind of scrolling through 76. Oh, Sam Pittman. It's going to be a rough first year, more than likely. WKU, 57. Who? One spot ahead of Georgia Tech and two spots ahead of Texas Tech. They don't got another year at Ty Story, do they? No, their offense is still looking like it's supposed to be bad, but they're de- I love that defense coordinator, Clayton White, they have. I'm not sure how he's still there. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. We got Nebraska, man. We'll see. That's Freddie saying. I, got, I think I'm going to steal that for that one. Oh, what? We'll see? Yeah, I think that's his new thing. Oh. We'll see. We'll see. Well, we will see you next week from the NFL Combine. Uh... It's going to be fun. So just keep everything locked in. Last year, I was in that company of kind of curmudgeonly like, oh, this is all we get. But now that there's going to be a couple of us, we're just going to have a good old time. We're going to, you know. Rub shoulders with some people. Hopefully we hang out and get to see Peter King. Ooh, okay. Of all the big J's in the NFL, which one? Which big J do you want? I want to see Schefter and his 18 phones working. See, I – we might this year because the thing was, it used to be exclusively NFL Network. Now ESPN's got some. Oh rights, yeah! So we're gonna get more Shefty. Last year, get Shefter instead of Rappaport. Yeah, and yeah. last year I, I was I was seeing that Rappaport with the two phones. Yeah, little guy. Is he little Italian guy? I bet Shefter's a little too. Yeah, I guarantee it. Uh, Michigan I, man. <laughs> I remember they had. I was like at the gym and they had NFL Live on, and they were like, Adam Shefter. He's gonna see how many times he can do bench press. And you know he rolls the sleeves up and he gets up there, he does two or three pretty easily. I'm like, damn! I, I saw those aren't just popcorn muscles. And then somebody like picks it up from behind him with one hand and starts crawling. <laughs> I'm like you sons of bitches, you got me. I wonder. Like I guess they'll have 
you know, Mike and Mike down there in the morning? On, yeah. Do they have a radio row? Yes. Okay. And it's it's right. We'll probably by, see some people down there. Ooh, we'll get to take our picture with the Lombardi Trophy. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Like not actually like holding it up or anything. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's in a case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they might take it out for us. You know, we got a 11 personnel podcast. What if we? Maybe they'll let us take it out for a night on the town. What if? What if the other 11 personnel podcast is there? Dun dun dun. The Rams version. It might be a Ron <laughs> Burgundy knife fight. In the fight. <laughs> We we pull, we'll come out swinging headsets. Uh, pull out the pull off the tip of the microphone, and it's just a knife in the cord right here. Just uh, do you watch yeah. Peaky Blinders? Oh, Peaky Blinders. The hat? No, no. I well, they I, when they pull, take off their hats, they have like a blade. So whenever they get in a oh, fight, wow. they just throw it and start swiping it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh man, well it's gonna be fun next week. Hopefully, we don't have another week of uh, being on pins and needles. Waiting for yeah. Hopefully, all this coaching scuttlebutt's over. Yeah, it, it was it was kind of fun for a little bit, a little a little bit of anxiety with it. Um, yeah, I, they had me a little like I don't know. This isn't sounding too great. Hey, it all worked out. Yeah. And if you don't have it yet, go get your season tickets. Those subs renewed. Mm-hmm. B- big big year coming. And another thing before we go, they are selling the crap out of. Atlanta. Oh, you've already looked. I'm no. I'm just saying. Like, oh, I think you like hotels. No, <laughs> Marrow is telling anybody that wants to know. I think anything they say, like marketing wise, it's all kind of like Atlanta, like subliminally pointing to that. I, I just, I mean, I, I think when we get to hear on the talk, some of the players talk, that they're going to be outwardly probably talking about that. I just think that's interesting hmm. that they're really like they're being so upfront well, with it. Well, Dad's strength on your side, you can't lose. Hopefully, you're right. Kentucky's man. got it. It's going to be incredible. Can't wait. Uh, but unfortunately, we have to do a little bit longer. Until then, we'll be up in Indy at the NFL Combine, busting heads, bench pressing, running sprints. Actually, not even. But we're pretending gonna our, like we're important. We're gonna have our phones out and we're gonna look important, damn it. And it's gonna be a lot of fun. We hope y'all will join us next week on Eleven Personnel. Go cats, go Kroger.